Welcome to the Health Science Podcast. We hope you're doing well today. I'm your host, Devin Box. That song was Daniel Hughes. Check out more of his music in the description below. Thank you for joining Zach and I on today's podcast. Zach, what's happening? I'm like a kid on Christmas. Got my new iPad today, so hope you guys are ready for new uh, podcasts for my own. Ooh. Oh, speaking of my own podcast, like what, a, it, what is it called a, again? It's a comeback. But you know, Zach, I was actually trying to come up with a witty way to shout out your podcast, but I just can't seem to find it. You know, some would say I've lost my wits. No. (laughs) (laughs) Fiscal and monetary policy are like otherworldly concepts to some people, but Zach's like the Indiana Jones of finance. So join him on his next financial adventure over on the Fiscal Frisk podcast, Tuesday and Thursday mornings on all the same streaming platforms that you found us. Now to the content. We are the Health Science Podcast, podcast dedicated to helping you understand health science research. Take research papers, break them down, and we're going to tell you why they do what they do and what that means to you. To you. Today's paper was recommended by a good friend of mine, Corey Pittman. Big shout out to him for this one. Now, Zach, Corey was interested in ice baths. Interesting. And how that may help your athletic performance. So here we are. Here we are. The paper we've chosen is named, Is the ice bath finally melting? Cold water immersion is no greater than active recovery upon local systemic inflammatory cellular stress in humans. Now, a bit of a mouthful, but not too bad. Yeah. Uh, now, this is a review paper, and the one thing I would mention is that sometimes authors also pick witty ways to introduce their papers. In this case, is the ice bath melting? That was awesome. That's it's kind of a jab at the fact that, you know, the jinx is up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the ice bath melting. So No longer being bamboozled. Who's uh, Alan R? Thanks, R, Alan R. 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 Well, his first name starts with an R. Something Alan. Thanks for that. We appreciate some humor. It makes our jobs a little easier, too. Um, so let's dive in and, and see what the others have to say. And diving into an ice bath, it's kind of a pun, but... We'll just pretend that didn't happen. First, if you have to explain it, it's not funny. No, I know. That's what I mean is I didn't actually intend that. Um, First, how does an ice bath work? Um, And we'll explain how it should work in theory. Right. Right. So, you know, ice baths are supposed to help um, help performance, help health and performance uh, by a few mechanisms. Reduced perception of pain. Uh, It can achieve this by actually slowing down conduction speed in the nerves. Um, which is, is some way, in some ways is, is related to temperature levels. Um, the other ma- major mechanism is by pressure and temperature-induced changes in blood flow. Now, an important thing to note is that every time we exercise, our bodies have to deal with reactive oxygen species. We mentioned this. Um, you know, Without getting too sciencey, these are compounds that can be made as a byproduct of oxidative stress, uh, which oxidative stress is caused by um, using your oxidative or aerobic system, which is exercise. And the reactive oxygen species are chemically unstable, um, and they can react with other molecules in your body and have all kinds of toxic effects. We mentioned this in the last podcast, which was the wine study. Um, compounds that we have all heard of called antioxidants found in fruits and wines, you know, these combat them. Now, when we exercise, we make a bunch of these, and we damage the muscle tissue in the process. Your body's reaction to this is actually to create an inflammatory response. And it does this on different levels. Um, but how do we know the body's doing this? You have inflammation markers. So these are chemicals that you can just do a blood test on and say, well, something in his body's inflamed. Right. 
Uh, they release these into the blood. So these are chemicals that can be released by local tissues or kind of a systemic um, approach. And, and sometimes when we injure ourselves, you know, inflammatory responses can actually be too large, yeah. right? And they can cause what's kind of known as like secondary damage in that process. So ice baths have been hypothesized as a way to kind of decrease the influx of like blood flow and all these inflammation things uh, and kind of slow down this whole process, which in theory has the ability to limit kind of the damage um, of these reactive oxygen species that are made as well as some of the secondary damage that may come from these inflammatory responses, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes sense. Yep. Now, one caveat though, is that when we break our muscles down, Right when you exercise, you get muscle damage. You have to build them back up. Exactly, and that's the process of exercising. Yeah. Right when you exercise, you your body builds more and it puts a little more protein down there. You got more muscles, and all of a sudden you're jacked. There you go. And the body will actually look for some kind of signal to tell it, "Hey, we just exercised. Start making protein. Start building things up." Right. And what do you think one of those signals might be? Yeah, I'm out. Well, we just have the inf- inflammation markers that are released as as indicators of, of muscle damage. The body goes, oh, inflammation markers, the oh, muscle, yeah. bo- so the muscle's damage. Yeah, Got yeah so like if, if you get some of these things coming from the muscles, it's it's a bad thing right. in some ways because it might cause damage, but it's also when the body recognizes those yeah. in the bloodstream, that's a signal that we should start building protein because it's being broken down. Okay. And that makes sense. Your body gives a cryo and just like, Hey, I hurt. Yeah. And then they send protein there and then you get bigger muscles. Exactly. And that, and that's an important marker. So the inflammation and the oxidative stress, um, it may cause damage, but it's also vital to telling your body that we need to repair those damages. Right. Right. So if we have this kind of paradox, you know, kind of from this scientific level, it's a little more complex than just saying, um, ice bath reduces the bad stuff. It's like, well, if you exercise and you've got those bad, quote unquote, bad byproducts, just eliminating those isn't like, it, it's going to maybe save some of that secondary response, but it might also limit the uh, good response from your body to actually repair that because it doesn't right. know it's damaged, right? If, yeah. you, if you've stopped the release of those chemicals. Now, the authors say that they want to focus in on this fact. And this is our, our outcome measure. We don't care about pain. We don't care about athletic performance. How does this work on a cellular level, right? Uh, now, they quote one paper which says it was a, remember, this is a review. So right. they kind of have a bunch of different papers and they're saying like, well, you know, combining this knowledge, what do we got? They say this one paper, they say is, in air quotes, a well-designed study. I didn't actually look at it myself, so we're just <laughs> going to have to maybe take their word for it. Right. Um, but that's kind of like the the central focus of, of this review paper. Most of it is predicated on, on some of the results that we're seeing in this other this other study that they, they say is well-designed. So, Got it. Um, and they explained that, and in, in my opinion, looking at it from the evidence that they present, there's no reason to believe it's a bad study, so we can trust it. Okay. Now, that a very they say it's a very controlled comparison between um, cold water immersion, so C, CWI, which is ice bath. Right. They just say CWI, um, and an active recovery, which is basically just biking mildly. And everyone in this study did each of the outcomes. Remember the wine study where everyone did each condition? Yeah. Uh, they're going to serve as their own controls. So they're going to do baseline measures, and they're gonna, only going to be compared to themselves. Um, which is a good idea, again, to limit the effects of confounding traits on our outcome, especially with smaller sample sizes. Right. 
So they had people do a single leg exercise regimen followed by a bunch of blood and muscle tests. And remember, this is a, they did muscle biopsies. I feel bad for these guys. I never had a muscle biopsy, but like I've heard kind of conflicting. It's the one where they put a needle into your muscle and they, oh, they extract yeah. one. They did it at like, um, I don't have it written down here, but it was like before, you know, the exercise, right after the exercise. And it was like, every hour for like four hours or something they're taking blood and like blood samples fine you can you can yeah. leave an iv in and just take some blood every hour Damn, Imagine taking another like needle like out of your biopsy it's like, i'm losing muscle mass yeah seriously you're losing oh. gains <laughs> i bet these people were huge they're like the only reason they'd agree to it is yeah. <laughs> um just a quick question uh, like do you know what the sample size was and like the general like age and other stuff of people or is that later uh i didn't actually write that down for this one okay Believe that's not fine. um i could look it up we might add that to the end okay so they measured a bunch of these inflammation markers to see if there was a difference um and i'm not going to name all of the inflammation markers if you're if you're confident you can read the paper yourself <laughs> and this reason zach is because uh like we discussed in a previous episode i don't like bogging down a paper by introducing too many acronyms yeah WCI, and like, you got your, you got your yeah. So CWI is the only one we're going to introduce. Um, you know, and this is something that could be very hard to deal with, even for myself and other you know like more experienced researchers. And believe me, inflammation markers is like a rabbit hole of acronyms, like all these little chemicals and released, and it's like these chain right. reactions. And this one signals that one, and it's all these acronyms. We don't need to go there. <laughs> so just so you know, we're just going to say they measured a bunch of them. Got it. Um, so what was found? Well, CWI had no impact on the inflammatory measures in cellular stress um, in comparison to active recovery trial. And they said on the contrary that 30 minutes of CWI actually exacerbated the response from two of these inflammation markers. Um, so yeah, completely contradictory. And they said that yeah. right said that right in the title. So <laughs> cat's out of the bag. <laughs> um, at a cellular level, it, it didn't seem to do anything in this study. Um, now, what could we do to kind of further this research? Because they, they do kind of point to some of the limitations of, of ice bath research. They said, well, a lot of people um, that use ice baths are probably higher end athletes, right? Now, I don't know about you, Zach, and I'll have a cold shower after maybe playing basketball outside, but like I've never had the inclination to jump in a, a bath of ice. I've done it, I've done it lots. You've done ice baths? Yeah. Like Where after, did you have an ice bath? Like, uh, basketball tournaments, like in between games, uh, when we'd go back to our hotel, like you'd go to the hotel uh, lobby and like. And that's really interesting, actually. I'm going to, I'm going to, we'll get back to kind of that, that format, right? Yeah. Um, but the idea being is that, you know, if, if you're competing at the highest level, these are probably the people that are doing ice baths because you want every potential you know, legal advantage Game. that you can get, yeah, right? Exactly. I mean, if you're not taking drugs, um, jump in an ice bath. And if it's, if it's supposed to help you, then it might actually do that. Um, it might be a good legal way. Hey, you just yeah. jump in an ice bath. Well, they can't like, that's make that illegal. Yeah. And like that, that's definitely why I did it is like, I feel like my, like my muscles were really tight after games because again, I'm running around all game yeah. and then I'd go quickly hop in and then you'd feel, and then I'd foam roll it out and then loosen out. But see, that's in a competitive, right? That's yeah. a competitive setting. So this right. is what they're saying is, you know, if, if, you know, you're, you're a competitive athlete, that might be one of the times you'd actually take a nice bath, not just after the gym. And yeah. then you might, I don't know. But yeah, I can't say I've ever had it outside of a meeting. competitive setting. I've never been like, oh, I really want to jump in ice right now. Yeah, and the authors kind of highlight this. And they say, well, maybe the level of oxidative stress that they created in the test wasn't actually as much that would be experienced by an elite athlete, right? Like if yeah, you're in, that's, in one of those settings. that's very valid, yeah. All right, so, you know, 
maybe get people to work even harder than in the test they did and then right. measure them. Um, and it may make a difference at that level. Now, like always, it's the application of knowledge that's kind of the trickiest minefield to navigate. Uh, some previous studies have found benefits in these, comp- uh, or these competitive uh, settings. So they say that particularly in high turnaround events uh, like tournaments, um, high heat events, there there still may be some benefits to those. And I haven't read those yeah. uh, studies, but given the, the kind of speculation here, it would actually make some sense, right? In those settings, that's when most people are using them. Yeah, There'd be a better chance of you uh, benefiting from it. So there, you know, there are still potentially important benefits. Now I'm glad they, they mentioned the... Um, mention this because they kind of leave us with a with a discussion topic is you know why did these performance studies get benefits from cwi right so we have on a cellular level but like maybe it's something else right there's there's no way to trick someone into not knowing they're in an ice bath so it's kind of hard to to say that it's a placebo effect or it's hard to eliminate a placebo effect so it might just be someone jumps in an ice bath ice bath they think it will work yeah and it could work mentally right like there could be some advantage to that because you can't you can't do a blind study to that right um and i even know some higher-end football teams have ice baths like they'll actually get one of those big um like industrial size recycling bins the ones with the big lids we have them at the community center right they'll fill those up with water and and ice people to go in them and um in this case it's not for for performance but uh it's for heat exhaustion even heat stroke right? right so and they and they've done studies on this ice baths are like like a hundred percent effective at lowering core temperatures Which and eliminating heat stroke and heat exhaustion risks. Yeah. So some teams will have them on that. Um, and that you could also make the argument, right? So there, there are benefits to, to cold water immersion, you know, maybe performance could be increased, um, but not by, maybe it could be by limiting inf- inflammation. I mean, this study certainly suggests not, Right. Um, but maybe some placebo effect or decreased core temperature yeah. could increase performance. Um, but on the, on the method that they proposed that it was supposed to work as far as healing and inflammation doesn't seem to be working on that level. Right. And, and you could do uh, maybe look into some of these other performance studies to see what was their outcome measure. And right. then you could combine knowledge from this study with the other one to get a good idea of where that benefit might actually be coming from. Right. Because yeah. when we have conflicting results from, from well-designed studies, it, it it's from something that might not be taken into account in an individual right. study. So if you read both, you might get a better idea. So uh, that's probably a great, uh, great place to end it. Um, intro and exit music graciously provided by daniel hughes thanks again to Corey Pittman for this topic uh pun intended it was a very cool topic but you know what else is cool uh, learning about fiscal and monetary policy fiscal first out with our old ways of thinking finances for the pros learn for yourself today by heading over to the fiscal frisk, fiscal frisk. new episodes every tuesday and thursday go see zach over there yes. as always if you got any questions suggestions all that good stuff uh, reference you want to read the paper yourself my contact everything's in the description so for zach and i stay happy and healthy and thanks for joining us on the health science podcast